Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all type of shows, even Warriors games, which are easier to get into, or the Al Autos Classic in Chase Center Saturday. Eight college teams will be playing. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code and expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. I can't believe it's almost 2020. It's crazy. Anyway, make some moves quick and score last-minute tickets. And guess what? Warriors have four more home games on this current homestand, so get it now. Save 10 on a ticket. Hello and welcome back to a winning edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Daniel LaRue tying his shoe just back from Europe and here to talk about a win, a Warriors win. Yeah, I mean... This was was an interesting game, you know, kind of compelling start to finish in different ways. It had a lot of ebb and flow, but yeah, we get to talk about a win. That's unusual and exciting. Um, so I, I, let's start in the fourth, late in the fourth. To me, the story, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he made the Warriors last four shots in clutch time. Uh, that'll be the first thing I write about tonight. He has made 16, you know, NBA.com slash stats. They kind of like filter their, you know, what they call clutch minutes are, you know, it's under five minutes left and the score is within five either way, difference-wise. Um, he's only played in, I believe, seven clutch games this year. He's played in a lot fewer minutes than some of the other players on the Warriors because of his injuries. But he has made 16 shots in clutch this year. Nobody else on the Warriors has made more than five. Uh, and a lot of that is because he takes a lot more attempts because they give him the ball. But, like, this is him. This is a lot of his appeal um, he had five turnovers tonight, which showed the sloppy side of it. You know, obviously he has his defensive troubles. But the guy, even back to his Lakers days that are viewed so kind of negatively into the Brooklyn days where he just exploded, he was always been a late-game scorer. He has the famous ice-in-his-veins celebration. Um, he hit a Knicks three to send it, or a three against the Knicks this year to send it to OT. He had big shots down the stretch in Minnesota when he had 52. Like, this is him at his best. Is late in the game. He's like a clutch shooter. Here's a stat. So, so far this season, as you said, it's a very small sample size. Among players who you would actually say qualify, D'Angelo Russell is has the highest usage in clutch situations in the entire NBA. He, he finishes 49% of possessions. That means either with a shot or a turnover. And among the players who are really high volume there, he's actually one of the most efficient. Now, we're dealing with a small sample. It's a make-or-miss league. A few of those fell today. But... They, those were falling, and it was kind of surreal for me to see him dueling, though they weren't defending each other, with his former teammate and fellow number two overall pick, Brandon Ingram, both of whom kind of want the ball in those circumstances, and it was falling for one of them from the field, and the other one it wasn't falling for the field, though uh, Ingram got to the free throw line a bunch of times. There were three number two recent Lakers picks on the floor tonight. Lonzo Ball was yeah. on the floor. That's kind of weird. It, it is weird, and I mean, and remember that those were involved 
I'm a pick protection maven. Those were in, in, the, in that situation where they had to be one of the top three picks in order to keep it, and they ended up getting it one a couple times that was being fortunate in the lottery. And none of those guys are Lakers anymore for various reasons, and the Lakers are plenty good. I don't think they're missing them too much right now. They're not, but that is – wow. I mean, that, that is pretty crazy that the Lakers – had three number two picks in what the last six years, five years. Well, they had, I think they had three in a row. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. but I'm just saying, so yeah, like, yeah, in the last like uh, five, six, five yeah. years later, we're sitting here watching a Warriors Pelicans game with all three of those number two picks playing. Yeah, it, it is pretty wild, and I, I think it's it's good to talk about the fourth quarter. It makes sense, as it. But for me, this game was won, or if you want to say lost, in the first quarter. The Pelicans just had a. I mean, I mean, it's always hard in a game like this to say, oh, the Pelicans were awful, but the Warriors also played well. You know, it's, it's a little bit of both. But for me, one of the definitive things was eight New Orleans turnovers in that first quarter. Four of them, actually, sorry, six of those were live ball, meaning steals. So the Warriors got a lot in transition. And it, I mean, the Warriors have actually done a decent job forcing turnovers. It, it's not the problem their defense has had. It's been everything else that has been the problem. But... That allowed the Warriors, their offense to get into rhythm, that allowed them to build a lead. And then when New Orleans came back, instead of it being taking a tie game or a close game and making it close to a double-digit lead, it took a double-digit lead and made it a close game. The negative of the night is Eric Paschal, who, you know, he kind of got undercut a little. You know, it was like a lob over the top. J.J. Reddick's guarding him. J.J. Reddick kind of stumbles, and he's falling back into Paschal as Paschal lands. Um, And... You know, it doesn't look, it didn't to me at least look like a really bad bend, but it was kind of like an inward tweak that immediately kind of grabs it, it, goes towards the bench, plays on it for I think maybe another three, four minutes. But when he comes out, he's clearly in pain, still goes to the locker room with Celebrini, doesn't return, wasn't in the locker room post game. He's getting further evaluation. Um, we'll know more. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, you know more. Um, Draymond Green. Had an interesting take on a postgame saying that he believes maybe if it's just a one or two week injury, it could be a blessing in disguise. Pascal struggled lately. He's been dealing with a hip injury. He's banged up. He's kind of hit the rookie wall. Um, so, yes, if it is only a week or two, if he misses, you know, four or five games, it could be a refresher for him. But also at the same time, like the Warriors really do not want their young beat up rookie to have a, you know, sig- I don't want to say significant knee injury, but something that could, you know, hurt long term. Well, and, and the other part of it, especially when a player has the opportunity to play is you don't want him to feel any additional pressure to come back too soon because that's the bigger thing is when a small issue can become a bigger issue is when the return is premature and yeah the Warriors have all the incentive in the world to be slow with these sorts of things but it is harder with a young guy to do that than some of these vets because you can tell Steph Curry hey you've made your money you're going to do everything you've already done everything in the league if you, if you need time to make sure your hand is right, by all means. Pascal's a harder thing. You know, he was a second-round pick. He's been playing well, but he hasn't he hasn't made that money yet or anything like that. And it, 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 that's what I'm a little bit concerned about, uh, especially, you know, the, the, with not saying, like, anything specifically impinging this medical staff, but, you know, this isn't Chelsea anymore. This isn't – this I, I had, this staff hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt for me. And so is there anything that comes from it that could be a problem? And the Warriors are – deeper now than they were a month ago or even longer than that ago but they don't really have a ton on the forward line so that creates other challenges in terms of evaluating the players that they do have maybe that means even though they don't really play the same role more for Jacob Evans or somebody like that 
um, because somebody's going to have to take up those minutes. Yeah, I think they're actually set up decently for it because right now I think they, they should be getting Amari Spellman some more minutes. And, yeah, and, and that might be the way to th- do it. That will, you know, you can open some up more for him. They've, they've really started to kind of play him at the power forward more, push him that way. They've made him lose weight. He personally says he's underweight for – the center because they told him they were going to play him at the four. Uh, and also, you know, Kavon Looney, another guy dealing with health stuff right now, kind of needs to get more minutes, but he's in such a bad place right now physically and rhythm-wise that they haven't really been able to kind of keep him in the rotation. This gives them a chance maybe to try to up his minutes, get him back a little bit if Pascal's out a couple weeks. Well, yeah, and that gets into the other – big takeaway for me from this game which is the reminder that Draymond Green is at the moment the Warriors only good defender but one great defender can do a a lot of difference and so I mean you had reminders in this one of he's their best interior defender he's also their best perimeter defender and when the going got tough they put him on Brandon Ingram there was that foul that got reviewed but I thought you know, it was notable that Ingram on that play, he settled for a mid-ranger. And, and Draymond, I, I believe he did foul him. But you could see that that's who the Warriors trust, and it's who they should. I mean, especially with Klay Thompson being out for the foreseeable future, he is Draymond is that guy. And I think it's good to have, for the young players that they're developing, to just kind of have those minutes with Draymond and get a sense of it, because it, it can be a Petri dish of a season. You can do a lot of development, but... An important part, and I mean, I'm somebody who covers the whole league and I've watched, you know, the Phoenix Suns in prior years and all this stuff. You want to have veteran competence around so these players have a model to build from. We'll get back to the podcast in a second. But first, random arena workers, I want to talk to you about physical fitness. There's another side to the game beyond physical fitness. You know what that is? Mental fitness. What do you uh, arena workers think about that? Hmm. Tell me more. I will. Did you know Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation? And they've teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. I know LeBron James isn't the most popular in this arena, Chase Center, but you got to respect what he has done for the game, right? Well, LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For a limited time, our listeners, and you two right here, random arena workers, can uh, join LeBron using Calm with a 40% discount and an annual membership at calm.com slash dubs. You know what that is? Third random arena worker? Calm.com slash dubs. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Only good defender? I would, where would you, how would well, you categorize Glenn Robinson? Would Solid. I would say above average. Ab- yeah, maybe above average. Like, I mean, for, for yeah, I, I mean, Glenn, GR3 is interesting. Like, I mean, he, when he's, he's had a good year. He's I had a personally. good year. He's had a good year. And when he's like, it's also hard because like the last couple of years, he hasn't been quite right physically. And mm-hmm. so sometimes that manifests offensively, but more often than not, it's actually defensive. And so it might be that part of why I've been a little bit low on him the last couple of years is that he wasn't right physically. And that's the other reason why Looney potentially being able to play more minutes at some point soon could be there because a Looney has good defensive tools, but also he has familiarity and communication and everything else. So I, I think that could really help as well to kind of get into some of these and take away some of the onus from somebody like Willie Cauley-Stein, who has his moments to be really? sure. But I think, you know, in, in, in an ideal world to me, you're starting Draymond and Looney together or at least playing those guys' minutes to give a foundation defensively for at least some minutes. Yeah, Glenn Robinson, I was kind of joking with him in the locker room afterwards, but he hit his first three tonight. 
uh, and it bumped him to 40.2% from three. Um, but then he missed his final three and like, you know, 40 is an important, we were talking about 40 is such an important mark, especially for a guy who's walking back into free agency this summer. Um, and he wants it this year, you know, he wants 40%. And I know he does. We've kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, and he was briefly, but then he misses last three. He's currently 39 of a hundred from three this year now. So he's uh, exactly 39%. But again, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm coming to, I feel like I'm trumping him more than anyone, but I do. I think he has solidified himself uh, as, a, as a piece that they want moving forward as a rotation guy next year, even if it's eighth man in a, in a playoff rotation. Yeah, I think that he has been a real bright spot for them. I mean, he and Pasco are in different conversations because of their ages and contract statuses. But Oh, they're closer in age than uh, people yeah, want to realize. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. I mean, and the Warriors have had success drafting older guys in the second round. It's not That's not anything new. But... I think that GR3 could be a nice fit in it. Like, there are certain guys that you can see how they fit in a more successful team, like just sliding them down the pecking order. Then there are other guys who don't necessarily scale that way. And I think that having GR3 in the system, if he, and it seems like he really wants to be a part of the organization, that, that, that they can use that moving forward. The challenge is, as you alluded to, he can be a free agent th- or will be a free agent this summer. And, uh, I mean, what comes calling what is he willing to do and then I mean I don't want to get into all of the Warriors content that I'm going to be writing over the next few months but you know like if it gets to the situation where they have to use some of their mid-level exception then that's money that could be going to somebody else yeah um I don't think he's going to get enough to where it's like ah, he's gonna man I gotta take this and leave and I think if he gets to the point where it's like it's at least close to the 120 percent raise which is basically the, the most they can do without using what you're talking about um, I think he's really going to want to stay. He absolutely loves Steve Kerr. He loves the environment. And, like, it's mutual. They love him. Like, to me, when I talk about why I think he can be a rotation piece in the future, it's not the fact that he's shooting 39% for three. I mean, that is part of it. It's not the fact that, you know, he's defended all the best perimeter scores on, you know, sometimes not well, but he's at least being tasked with it. But also, like, he's a solid dude. He's, like, perfect for a locker room environment of a guy who would be like, oh, I'm going to be the eighth man. I am, per- I, I will be perfectly fine being the eighth man. I understand team concepts. It's, you know what he reminds me of? Sean Livingston. You know, that like, like personality-wise, not on the court, personality. Well, and, and something that those guys have in common is that they've been in a lot of different basketball situations. And players who have that at various moments in their career, especially if, they're, if they love the game, if they find a situation they like, they're willing to sacrifice other things to stay there because they know how rare it is. And with living, I mean, he's not quite, Robinson isn't quite the basketball vagabond that Livingston became due to his injury. But I, I like that. I like the the, the he's parallel. Played for there. Like five different coaches. Yeah, exactly. He's played for a bunch of different coaches. Played in. He's had situations that were that had big promises that didn't deliver, and that can be a real challenge for players too. And so, I mean, the Warriors, even though they aren't as good collectively as as maybe he had hoped, they they are giving him what he wanted maybe even more than he wanted and that is that is something that players really really do value and uh it could be maybe even a like kind of like a Kevon Looney situation a couple years ago where yeah maybe you can get an offer that's a little bit more maybe the market's a little bit more tepid there are certain guys that are that when the market is soft for them once it might be soft for them again just because teams don't trust them and then that leads to the Warriors having an easier time and then maybe in 2021 it gets a little harder but yeah, I think GR3 has 
I, it's it's such an interesting year because he has earned stronger consideration already from other teams, but I, you never know if they're going to receive it because there are only 30 decision makers out there. Not too much uh, cap space either, really, out there. No, not really. And the other important thing for the Warriors is there are not a lot of teams with a lot of space. And, and that, in some ways, for a guy like GR3 is what you're really worried about because mid-level exception targets are kind of their own thing. And so it would be more like a team like the Hawks that just has 10 million extra to spend, and they're not going to use all of that on, on Robinson, but maybe they throw just like, hey, why not as well throw 5 million at him instead of it being like 3 million somewhere else. That's the kind of thing that can be a little bit concerning for the Warriors. But overall, I mean, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot there. And if a player is happy, a lot of times they're really going to value that. I mean, Marcus wrote that great piece about, about like kind of his – his connection a little bit with the community and his immediate surroundings and granted Glenn seems like that seems like somebody who could do that anywhere but to a to an individual person it matters when you've actually done yeah he you know I, this is for a different story I've coming up it's not on Glenn Robinson but uh, I talked to Glenn Robinson for it uh, and just talking to him he mentioned Steve Kerr's the first coach he's had since uh, the late Flip Saunders who's you know allowed wives on the plane Glenn brought his little daughter to uh, a brunch in Orlando on a recent road trip. And Steve Kerr is kind of talking to the daughter, playing with the daughter. Um, and like really kind of, he feels like it's very family oriented. Um, and like he values that type of stuff again. So we don't need to get continue the Glenn Robinson stuff too much, but um, it just to me, like personality wise and organization and personality wise of player seem to fit. And Glenn Robinson has done enough on the court to make me believe it's a long-term fit. One, a different thing, not to, not to harp on this too much, but I, I, I've used the phrase before of like what we, and that can be us as journalists, but also fans, what we see is not all there is. And I think the Kerr plane thing is a great example of just all of the other elements of being coaching, running and running that part of an organization that matter to players that matter to free agents but aren't necessarily reflected in who's getting minutes who's who's closing games and everything like that and when players are making their decisions they're using all of these factors it's not just who offers the most money what place has the sunniest weather it can be elements of comfort of familiarity of you know personal connection and those things matter too and kerr has been generally very well liked in those respects now you're getting closer to what my story's going to be. Uh, um, all right. So, Daniel LaRue, world traveler, you're back from Europe. What else about this Warriors team? Uh, did you did you uh, monitor them much while you were overseas? I, I did when I could. Um, I, I think something that I want to keep an eye on is Jacob Evans. I've, I've Ooh, He was I, not good tonight. He was not good tonight. Five and, turnovers in 12 minutes. And, and, and also just, I mean, the, there were times when the shot looked broke. And, and that can be a real problem, too. And, I mean, I, I understand that when you've used a draft pick on a guy and everything else, that you want to see what he has, and especially the opportunity cost on a team that is now, let's see, 6-24. and 24. Whew. Flashbacks to my early years covering hey, the Warriors. It was 5-24 and 24 before yeah, a couple hours it, ago. It was. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that they need time to evaluate players like, like Jacob Evans, but... I, I want. I really want to see where it goes because there you can reach a point, and I thought Damian Jones was at this point last year on a much more competitive team, that you kind of know where things are and maybe you don't want to push this hard. Yeah. And, well, not only that, um, you know, you got 
Kai Bowman now sitting down in the G League, uh, playing well. He proved himself as a backup point guard when Jacob Evans was out. See that block Kai Bowman had today, by the way? I did not see it. I will have to watch it later. I might show it to you right now. I might pull it up. But, um, you know, like if that, I don't want to say roster spot, you know, especially because Jacob Evans has already been committed. They've committed to him next season. But, you know, rotation spot might be better used developing Kai Bowman. You know, he has his own issues with the 45-day, you know, limit and how they're trying to kind of maneuver that. And Jacob Evans, is, it's it's it was rough for him this year as far as he was great in the opener. Remember, four threes, he was kind of the highlight of that loss to the Clippers. Um, and then he gets the injury, and now he's like kind of maybe trying to break out the rust. But, yeah, he was not great tonight. Yeah, and, and you don't want to you don't want to read too much into any single game, and there are a lot of players who end up being successful who look – rough at various moments in their rookie scale contract in those four years. Yeah, exactly. And but there <laughs> there are more data points now than there were before. And you uh I, I mean and, and at the same point though, it doesn't it doesn't cost the Warriors a lot in terms of like, yeah, Kai Bowman maybe a little bit. But they're not making any draft picks around Jacob Evans right now. They're not making any free agent signings. So Oh, now I am getting to see the. I'm getting you, to see a Kai Bowman block. You ready for the Kai Bowman block? That's a point guard right there. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, so he basically blocked an alley oop. And what I love about plays like that, when a, when somebody can block it without making too much contact with the other guy, is it shows recognition. It shows burst. And I mean, you have to move quickly to beat the ball in those sorts of spots. So yeah, I mean, Bowman athleticism has never been his problem. I mean, he he can do a lot out there, and it is. One of the other huge storylines with the team, and I'm going to write about this at some point in the near future, is the Warriors having potentially two rotation, long-term rotation players on two-way contracts right now. And that creates challenges in the immediate, but it creates opportunities in the long term because you at least get restricted free agency on those guys, whether they are made into full contract guys or not. For sure. Um, Alan Smiley each down there hitting a bunch of threes lately too. Uh, it's around 40% from three. Uh, anything else? Uh, as we stare up at this Arizona versus St. John's logo, because guess what's happening here tomorrow? Do you even know this? You've been away so long. Yeah, I mean, I nearly was going to go to the Alvin Adels Classic. I will be. In, yeah, that's, it'll be exciting. I have I have other obligations. But, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I think that's a great use of, the, of Chase Center, of, you know, like having college games and having those sorts of opportunities. So I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited about it, though I will not attend in person. I think the NCAA tournament might be here in uh, either the year after this or two years from now. That'll be fun. I will do my damnedest to be here for that because I, I haven't been to the NCAA tournament since I was since I just graduated from college. And if anybody hasn't been, it's so much fun. I, I yeah, I've covered a few. I covered one in San Jose actually uh, a few years ago where Marcus Smart's Oklahoma State team. I was covering Oklahoma State at the time. Lost to Oregon. Uh, I remember New Mexico was in that pod. They New Mexico State. I mean, they had um, Sam Boulard, I believe his name was. The, mm-hmm. He was like the seven foot three dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Yeah, awesome. It, anything else? Uh, nothing. Nothing right now. I'll have a bunch of. Now that I'm back, I'll have pieces coming out for the Athletic soon. I, I will tell people right now that I'm working on one about the most asked question that I get right now, which is what's going on with the possibility of Giannis, and I'm going to break that down. So. Yeah, uh, I will be looking forward to that. Everyone subscribe to The Athletic. You can read all of Danny's stuff. You can read my stuff. Also, we have a new podcast uh, called The Update. Uh, Kate Scott hosts it. Uh, I was on it. We did a long one on, on D'Angelo Russell. That was the most recent one. But it, it's kind of maybe a 20, 25-minute uh, per day 
uh, update, like, you know, um, kind of a little similar to the New York Times style of the daily or even the athletics national one, the lead, uh, that I think is good for maybe your commute. So subscribe to that, subscribe to the athletic and thank you, Mr. LaRue. You might be coming back to talk to me next weekend for, for Suns or Mavericks. Do, do you want to stake claim to either of those games podcast? Oh, now, now I have to think about whether Luca's going to play. Um, I'll do Mavs. I hope Luca plays. I hope so, too. I mean, we missed Zion today. Hopefully we get Luca next week. All right, Danny, thank you for coming on, and uh, I will talk to you later.